Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. We are on the eve of the, I want to say, Blue Jays being on their last right series uh, with the Oakland Athletics coming to town. Three games coming up and three back of the Oakland Athletics. So it really does feel like this is it. Straybird watching with Adam and Craig uh, presented by Stadium Scene. Gentlemen, how are we doing? What's going on? Good, good man. Like the show is entitled, We Have a Window of Opportunity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it? We shall debate about that as the show goes along based on what we were talking about in our text group this uh, this morning. But uh, there has been a little bit of better baseball, I want to say, the last six or so games. I mean, maybe some luck, some incredible pitching, maybe some timely hitting as the Blue Jays took two out of three from the Detroit Tigers over the weekend at Comerica Park. And came home to play the Baltimore Orioles. And I would say, other than Monday, barely ended up winning the series uh, against the Orioles. Two out of three, a 5-4 win last night. So, you know what? Four wins and six opportunities. That is better than what the team was doing after they were on their West Coast trip and came back from their West Coast trip. Basically, since that George Springer Grand Slam against Boston, it's been a lot, It's been a pretty much a bumpy road. And a lot of disappointment. A lot of bullpen leads coughed up, untimely hitting. The offense has gone dry. But, Craig, we'll start with you. Does beating Baltimore and Detroit uh, two out of three times, not even mixing in a split there, but you know what? They won the series in both of them. Does that give you any sort of hope now that we're into September and you have about four weeks of games left for the Blue Jays to go on any sort of last run to make a last-ditch effort at getting into the postseason? The biggest thing I think that they got going for them right now is the fact that the pitching is definitely on all cylinders. We even saw that with Brios finally coming to form with the littlest of changes. We're going to talk more about that, too. But to the fact that if they can finally start hitting the ball and if we got Springer back in, there is a chance. I'm not saying anything. I'm not trying to give everybody gloom and doom here. But to that point, 
they have to drive in these runs that they've been leaving on the uh, basis to be able to supplement this fact. We shouldn't have been, these shouldn't have been close games, especially against the Baltimore Orioles. You know, the Tigers, I will give you the fact if you literally null out the month of April, they are a winning ball club for this season. So there's something going on in Detroit that is heading in the right direction for their development. So they weren't going to be the easiest of tasks to begin with. But to that point, the Baltimore Orioles should have been a pushover. And even these scores that we saw on them, we shouldn't have had been relying on a win yeah. in the eighth inning last night, especially. And then to that fact, Stephen Matz had one bad inning where he walks in a couple of runs and that ball game looks completely different. So there's a chance the right things have to happen, but the offense needs to start clicking. And I think we're starting to see the signs of that. Adam. <laughs> I don't know. See, see, he's going to give you the doom. I gave the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dr. Doom. I don't over. know. We, um, you know, you brought up the, uh, the exchange in our group chat about, um, the blue Jays and their chances and whatnot. And I sent over a tweet. Um, I, I forget who would, who tweeted it, it out, but Goldberg, right? There you go. Um, the blue Jays have to, they're only allowed to lose. I want to say nine games. Yep. Um, moving forward. Yeah. It's still, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. 21 and nine. Um, that's a tall order when you have games coming up three against Oakland and then four in New York. Yeah. Um, you can forget about the. I don't want to bury the lead in terms of predictions, but you can forget about the Baltimore series because I think, you know, even though we did lose a game, I think we should be able to handle that. But then you got Tampa Bay right after that. It's tough. It's it's really tough to see them uh, play anything less than, well, anything more than anything better, I should say, than what they've been playing. Um, th- that's almost perfect baseball. And yeah. the Blue Jays, as of right now, haven't been demonstrating that they can play perfect baseball. Now, I don't want to wax poetically here, but maybe they can find something within them, find some sort of, uh, I don't know, will <laughs> to, <laughs> to really ride these winning streaks or lack thereof or winning these games and push forward. We so- sort of saw it last year. We We saw them have this ability to sort of uh, capitalize on these pretty big moments, these wins, and push through and sort of force their way into the playoffs. Um, I'd like to think they can do that, and maybe by that Tampa series, Tampa has it in the bag, and they're just going to rest people. It's probably nice. a little too early for that. Um, but I'm not optimistic. That's not to say that I think it's impossible, but the bullpen's a little volatile, I question, as we have been all year, Montoyo's decision-making. Um, it's all hands on deck. That means the offense has to wake up. That means the pitching, starting pitching at the very least, has to continue to be good. Ryu has to be better. And uh, it, it's all hands on deck. Romano has to pitch multiple games in a row yeah. Um, yeah. if it's close. So if all those things can happen, I think they got a good shot, but we haven't seen that in practice all year. So it's hard for me to believe that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. It just seems like it's kind of like, I feel like pulling my hair out whenever I've watched this team ever since that uh, West coast trip, it's been just like, okay, we're mounting a little bit of a comeback and they just managed to find a way to hit into a double play at the wrong time. They strike out at the wrong time. 
Um, some questionable decisions by Charlie Montoyo in terms of who he's bringing in from the bullpen, um, questionable decisions to bunt pinch hit. Yeah. That too. Basically everything, uh, in a way has been questioned and scrutinized and for good reason. It kind of feels like as the pressure has mounted up, as the games have gotten more and more crucial for them to go on a run and stay in the race, uh, the, the, the flurry of bad decisions has come more and more frequently than it has throughout. I would probably say Charlie's career. Uh, as a Blue Jays manager at this point, and I know I didn't add this to the agenda, but we can debate it a little bit, is if this team does fail to go to the postseason, which, I mean, they have to go 21-9 and to get to 90-91 wins or whatever it is, and you have a boatload of games against the Yankees and the Rays uh, and three against Oakland this weekend, so some very tough matchups coming up. I don't know, like, do you look back at some of the decisions back in May, you look at some of the decisions in August and even to this day and think, Charlie, your job could be on thin ice and maybe we get our, or some of us get our wish. And uh, Adam, he actually was a bridge manager and they go in a different direction at the end of the season. I don't want to start like doing the, uh, the trials for the off season. Yeah. Guys. The trials for the <laughs> off season, but it's, it's worth thinking about given how much this team is kind of slowly yet also kind of quickly crashed and burned since that George Springer grand slam. Um, I, I mean, do I think that Charlie Montoyo is solely responsible for the Blue Jays' lack of production or the fact that they're not meeting our expectations? I don't even want to say exceeding. Um, I don't rest that fully on him, right? Sure, some of the bullpen decisions have been questionable. Some of the in-game management decisions have been questionable. But by and large, this team is where they're at in, in this position because of their poor bullpen play. and. I, I think you can chalk that up to a combination of the individuals that are pitching or, and not pitching well and the fact that the front office, you know, although a lot of the bullpen pieces that we had didn't even get a chance to play on this team due to injury, right. um, some of them did that. for very short periods of time, um, that sort of was a last priority for the front office in terms of building the roster. Um, maybe they revisit that next year and say, okay, we're going to take the ball and we're going to really push all our chips in. Charlie, this is your last chance. Right. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and again, if we're, if we're evaluating it on the, the notion that managers don't really have in-game decisions or the power to make those decisions as frequently as they used to, um, then it's not really his fault and it's not really his decisions to be made. He's just the one prima facie making the decisions, you know, just for the camera. Um, I just don't think he's suited for this club. That's I don't know how the club is interacting with him. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they respect him. I'm sure there's no bad blood. I'm sure it's not, you know, something that is there's tension in the locker room. I certainly hope there wouldn't be. <laughs> but I just don't see championship in terms of his leadership skills. I don't see championship in terms of how he carries himself. And maybe that's just me being, I don't know, a little bit judgmental. But when you look at managers like Kevin Cash, when you look at managers like Alex Cora, there's a sort of vibe and an aura to them that, you know, carries along with it championship. I just don't get that vibe from Charlie. That's subjective. That's not something that you can put on paper. That's not something that you can evaluate in a job interview. That's not something that you should be fired for. It's just right. my personal opinion Correct. on how he carries himself. Craig? But to that point, you're going to get to this point. Let's say the, to your uh, idea a minute ago, Brendan, that they do find, you know, they fizzle out this year and they go in all 
all in this offseason to be able to find and plug all these holes in the uh, team. What if they get off to a shitty start in April next year? Yeah, he's gone. There's no way in hell. This is the yeah. same. This is the same situation on how Cito Gaston got hired to be the Blue Jays full time manager back in the day. So at the time, I forget the gentleman that lost his job, but he comes in in 1990 and they ended up having a winning record in that win- window there with Cito at the helm. And it was enough to push for a playoff spot that year. That was pretty impressive for him to be able to do. So it's going to come if it doesn't come this season, that shitter get off the pot time is going to come to if they want to stick with Charlie Montoyo or not. And I will say right now, I don't see how they're not throwing money at this this offseason. So it, I, that's going to happen. I think it's one of those things that's going to solve itself really quick. But it's one of those things that I don't obviously they can't do anything about this season. But I was shocked that they gave him the extension that they did without having something a little bit more in the frying pan, at least cooking. Right. But to that point, as a young team and he was doing well with the young guys, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I think the trial happens after a few more months here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see what's uh. going on. And maybe that's one of those things we do right before the spring training with uh, how that off season goes. We were just talking about. Right. Sure. Right. No, no, I think you both make good points there. And yeah, we will obviously, just like we've done in the last couple of years, do a full-scale trial on everybody uh, after the season is done, including Charlie. But yeah, I mean, I think it's worth thinking about this early on because after the trade deadline, that was pretty much the closest that we had to, all right, we're going for a playoff spot probably since 2015. 2016 was a little bit of patchwork. I'd say 2020 was other than Taiwan Walker, a little bit of patchwork, but also gambling that you could get something out of Robbie Ray and the other additions that they had made uh, in 2020. Plus, that's a weird year. We all know that it was only 60 games and they squeezed in in an eight team American League and eight team National League playoff system. So probably the first time since 2015, they had a full scale um, buy in and going for it for a postseason spot. And it's it looked like it was going to work out really, really nicely. They got off to that incredible, what, nine and two run in those 11 games when they were back in Toronto. And after they went out to L.A. on the West Coast and they kind of sputtered against the Angels, George Springer gets hurt against the Mariners and then they come back and get swept by the Nationals. And then, you know what, here we go. You lose two or three to the Tigers. Uh, and then they were they able to split against the White Sox. And then here we are uh, right where they are. So. I don't know. Charlie, I think, will uh, will try, as I said, but I think you guys are right. He does open up next season as the manager. And to be fair to him, this really was the first full season that he's had in a go-for-it, win-now mode, right? Because 2019 was a full 162, and that team wasn't expected to do anything. Last year was last year. And so I think he kind of, because of 2020, has bought himself an extra season uh, of managing. But that remains to be seen. You did make a good point there, Adam, and I know this wasn't on the agenda either, uh, but I'm also thinking of topics as we go too. Um, that the, uh, the bullpen, um, obviously that's been an issue um, pretty much the entire season. Uh, and you go back and look at the acquisitions of Trevor Richards, Adam Simber, Joaquin Soria, and Brad Hand. And Brad Hand was DFA'd just the other day by the Blue Jays. And they gave up Riley Adams for him. And you know what? Do you think the front office is kind of regretting not being a little bit more aggressive in adding bullpen pieces? Or was it just kind of like, you know what? There's some good arms in here. They're not great. Let's take a gamble and see if we can get something out of them. What are your thoughts on, lose A, losing Riley Adams, 
uh, for Brad Hand, and ultimately that trade's now nothing uh, and goes down as a pretty bad one. Uh, but also, do you think they regret not being a little bit more aggressive to fortify the bullpen? In the trade deadline, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I guess it depends on the asking price. Um, they clearly went all in with their starting pitching aspirations to get uh, Barrios and to have him for an extra year. So that was advantageous. And again, I don't necessarily hate that trade. I don't necessarily hate the the Brad Hand trade either. Um, I just wish that we could have used Riley Adams to get something a little bit better. Um, when you when you examine just the two pieces by themselves, you can say to yourself, okay, we weren't going to have a place for Riley Adams on this team. Um, Gabriel Moreno is the guy of the future here, so it's not like there was still going to be a logjam. And, you know, uh, Kirk is still going to be on this team, and maybe even Reese will still be on this team. So there's three catchers right there. Um, so not to mention Jansen came back and hit a home run the other there night. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and they're talking up the connection with him and Ryu as well, but uh, despite the loss. Um, so a- as an individual, do I hate the fact that we don't have Riley Adams anymore? No, because I don't think he was going to get regular playing time, and good for him that he's getting regular playing time with Washington. However, I just wish we could have traded him for something better. Um, right. when, when you make this trade and you sort of hype up the fact that the bullpen is better and, you know, half of the reason why you made that evaluation is now playing for the New York Mets. It sort of makes me (laughs) question your decision-making process. And maybe it was a little bit more of a, all right, we're going to not sort of evaluate this as best or as much in a robust form as we could or would have if this was the off season or whatnot. And don't forget they were chasing him then too. Um, It it might've been a bidding war. Maybe Riley Adams was the, the chip to push it over the top. I don't know. But am I upset about it? No. Do I think that they need to do a better job with their bullpen evaluation of talent? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is. I think the biggest mistake we're going to reflect on in the offseason, no matter what happens with this team, save for a World Series victory, which probably won't happen, <laughs> um, yeah. is the fact that they didn't uh, go after, what's his name? Uh, Do for Chicago. Played Liam Hendricks. There you go. Yeah, Hendricks. The fact that they weren't more aggressive acquiring him, because if Liam Hendricks was in this bullpen, I think we would have we'd be much closer to a wild card spot or maybe even holding one right now. Yeah, I think they'd be holding one. Craig, same questions to you. So I agree with you that you would never on paper ever assume that Brad Hand was going to be as rough as Brad Hand was. Brad Hand all of a sudden looks like he is clawing and hoping to stay with a major league career all of a sudden with what the Blue Jays fans saw and what the end of the Nats career there for him saw. So the Mets fans are now hoping to get another Blue Jay cast off that can all of a sudden recapture some kind of previous year form. I name Marcus Stroman, Kevin Pillar, how many Mets guys now? I think even Brandon Drury is on the Mets. Yeah. um, What's his name? Um, Sean Reed Foley. Is Sean Reed Foley on that team? Sean yeah. Reed Foley oh was the one that goodness. was traded when we went the. There you go. Well, oh yeah, so. has been up at some point for the Mets too. I, I can't say he's a cast off though. Yeah, yeah. He was so young. I we all knew and loved Sean Reed Foley as the next great Blue Jay closer, but yeah, obviously he never got there, and uh, Jordan Romano beat him to the punch. So <laughs> there is that. Yeah. But. <laughs> It's amazing what the hell has been going on and what hot pottery we've had to do with our bullpen. And to a couple people on our Twitter account um, mentioned, what do you think that, you know, now we have September call-ups? 
what does Nate Pearson do for this bullpen with his velocity okay, and all that kind of stuff? I'm, that's exactly it. You you are hoping yeah. for a lot from Nate Pearson to come and solidify that spot that you just tossed Brad Hand out of, right? So there's a lot going on in this bullpen, and it's been a continually moving, molding, you know, like amoeba at this point for the whole season. It hasn't st- stayed still for one or two seconds. The only consistent person, honestly, in this whole thing has been Adam Simber since we acquired him. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. it's amazing to what the heck is going on on this. And I, they have to throw money at the pitching period in the bullpen. And it would be so nice for them to go out this offseason and find that guy that they weren't able to get at the trade deadline. Yeah. And just bring it home and get them in there solid. They need somebody that can be a big veteran presence or that young up and coming guy to match with Jordan Romano. Yeah, no, absolutely. And maybe Nate Pearson can do that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I wanted to toss something out there for you guys and I'm interested in getting your take, you know, and I don't know if this is on the uh, agenda, you know, in terms of impromptu stuff, Brendan, but, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Robbie Ray right now and how well he's been pitching. He's been fantastic. Um, and in fact, we were celebrating the, the trade acquisition yesterday, um, when Arizona sent him over, um, if it's going to cost a lot and I'm thinking it's going to be upwards of 20 million a year now, it it would not surprise me if he signed for four and 80, if that was at the cost or rather the, the disadvantage of signing solid bullpen arms, are you making that move? I am. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah. I think you yeah. do it. I think you have enough. I mean, it's more innings, period. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. More innings. And honestly, that's the that's what it is right now. You need more consistent innings, and that's what yeah, they haven't yeah. been getting all season. Consistent right. innings, period. And that's rotation and bullpen, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I'd pay. But that to that point, the, the the rotation's been a lot better. <laughs> yeah. No, the rota- Stephen Matz has been incredible in the month of August. Like they showed yesterday, I think he was what three and zero with an under two ERA. So he's really rated the ship again outside of that one inning last night. Player so. of the month, Robbie Ray. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he just keeps on getting better and better. And truly, like I'd be shocked if it's uh, not between him and Garrett Cole at this point. I know Rodon and Lance Lynn might be in there, but there's some injuries uh, for a couple of them. So Robbie Ray has a shot. I would not be surprised if he's a finalist and in the top three. He's just getting better and better as the season goes along. But yeah, Adam, to answer your question, 480, if that's what it takes to get him back, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. because I think that's the starting price. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, it would not shock me. I'm not saying this is what he's going to sign for. Yeah, yeah. Would not shock me if it was five and a hundred. It really wouldn't, or if it was five at one ten. It just yeah, wouldn't well, because he wants he wants the he's earned it he at this it. point. And you want the longevity of the Blue Jays. Blue Jays in terms of their pitching. What did Ryu sign for? Four, right? Four, four eighty. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I I see him exceeding that. And if the Blue Jays are going to yeah. be bold to sign a pitcher for five, that's bold. Because it chances is. are in, in year four, he's not going to be that good. No. You know, so. But to that point, I, if you're looking at the, the contract for that fifth year and you're expecting it to be rough, right? Somebody like Ryu versus Ray in that, uh, in that argument, I would give the fifth year maybe to somebody like Robbie Ray because one way yes. or the other, I could put him in my bullpen and let him throw gas. True. You know, yeah. outside of the fact that his arm might fall off by then, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or he cuts the circulation off to his pants. I have no idea. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I'm going to try not to throw any more impromptu uh, uh, topics at you guys because it wasn't on there. But no, no, it's great. And and, and that's what I love about this, this show and doing it with you guys is we can do that and bring up items that are not on the agenda that either of us send over to each other. And it's the a reason fair, it's called an agenda, point. not a script. That's right. Yes, <laughs> it isn't a script. But yeah, you know what? As we get closer to the off season, um, which hopefully is a little bit into mid-October, but uh, not looking likely, um, the conversation around Blue Jays land and Blue Jays Twitter will be Marcus Simeon or Robbie Ray. If you can only pick one, who is it? Um, and I'm sure this conversation is not going to go away until one or both are signed or go elsewhere. So it's going to be a lot of Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon from here on out. You can bet that. Um, let's turn to some positives from the last six days and a bit. And that is, let's start with Jose Barrios. He started on Sunday at Detroit a place he's very familiar with from his days with the Minnesota Twins. And after some rough outings that really date, dated back to his Angels start on that last night of the Angels series before going to Seattle, he bounced back in an incredible way on Sunday afternoon where he threw seven innings, 11 strikeouts. The Blue Jays ended up winning, what was it, 2-1 uh, on Sunday, and they were able to walk out of Detroit winning two out of three. Um, Adam, we'll start with you on this one. Um, how crucial is it for Robbie Ray to, or sorry, not Robbie Ray, Jose Barrios, uh, to get back to his form from his first three starts as a Blue Jay? Because like you said, if they do want to have a chance to get to the playoffs, they have to be virtually perfect. And that's all five guys in the rotation going out there and throwing six or seven at this point with the way the offense has been one run, two runs or less uh, to give them a shot to win. So how are you encouraged that hopefully the small mechanical adjustment is enough to get Barrios to finish the season strong and maybe go on a run? Yeah, I, I, Craig, I think you and I touched on this last week that, you know, we were concerned about his struggles and having a game that he can just sort of have a pick me up to carry over into his next start is, is crucially beneficial. And this is exactly the best case scenario that we saw from Barrios. Um, you know, seven strong innings. First of all, being able to go seven um, yeah, is huge. a rare, especially after days. that. Yes, you know that yes. was a huge improvement that quick. It was nuts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, with seven Ks, um, good stuff. Uh, am I encouraged? Yes. Do I expect that kind of production every start from here to the end of the season? No, but that doesn't mean I I expect him to be as bad as he was previously. I think somewhere in the middle is fair to assume, and if he exceeds that, perfect. Um, that that's there's nothing more that you can ask for. Um, but we traded for him for a reason. You know, we gave up some substantial draft capital. I mean, uh, prospect capital for a reason. And, you know, everybody knows what it is. Um, if he is not performing the way the Blue Jays uh, have anticipated and we have anticipated him to perform, they're not making the postseason. Every, like I we said in the beginning, all hands on deck. You need to play near perfect baseball, and the margin for error is so incredibly thin that just a poor outing, going four innings or five innings, even, it's just not going to cut it. So it, it's you got to push through. And if this is any indication of how he's going to be within the next couple of starts, these crucial starts, um. Yes, I'm encouraged. And yes, like I'll be white knuckling my chair. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I'm at least having resting my laurels in the back of my mind saying, all right, he, he had a good outing. Let's just see what he can do. So I'm a, I'm a bit more relaxed when it comes to Barrios compared to how I was watching him in the beginning of the Detroit game. Right. Yeah. Craig? I'm 
See, now, see, I've had the pleasure of uh, I'm almost cheating. I, I've been I've had the pleasure of watching uh, Jose Barrio since he was in the the Minnesota Twins minor league system coming and playing here in Rochester, New right. York all the time. I've seen him and knew he was going to be something big. And to me, I saw this as a bump of the road, those couple starts that we have, just like his April was this season. And I knew there had to be something Ron. Did I think it was anything like this, where there was a, that big of a mechanical thing that he full on took the whole over the head, everything out of that yeah. super simplified. And this is more Pete Walker, voodoo dust magic, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> and he just broke it down. He, I, they had to have been talking about it and it, they, it, whether it was a confidence thing, a mechanics thing, whatever it might be to that point where they were like, okay, let's just try this for a couple of, you know, probably bullpen sessions. The pen sessions probably went incredible. And he goes, you know what, just try it and carry it over a game and see what the heck happens. And then we got to see what it did. You pitched seven innings for the first time as a blue Jay, you had seven strikeouts and you took a team to school. And like I said, the, the tigers are an up and coming team. It's not like they're slouches. There's a lot of young talent in that lineup. They just haven't learned how to play at the major league level yet. So it could have came together just like that angels game against him and just been the perfect lineup of the, yeah. you know, screw you over a kind of like thing. Right. So to see Barrios come out and do that, I agree with Adam. You can't expect that every start, but I'm thinking it's going to be closer to that avenue if this kind of work continues to pay off for him than to the point of being in that weird ballpark where we were seeing Steven Matz and uh, Stripling battling back and forth. I think he's closer to what we saw yesterday than he is going in that other direction. And if he, the Blue Jays get something close to that form that we saw from him the other day, it's going to be a very interesting as far as the pitching aspect down the stretch here. Yeah, and uh, if that does happen and he does finish the season strong, then it is truly all back on the offense to make sure that they do pick it up uh, compared to what they've been doing the last three weeks uh, and whatnot. Yeah, his next start is Saturday uh, against the Oakland Athletics. And as we've said a couple times, huge series. Um, kind of like last rights, as I said at the top of the show in the intro, um, this is a huge opportunity for the Blue Jays being three back in three games against Oakland coming up. And if Barrios can deliver a win, um, that would be huge. And that's why you pick them up to win games like that. Shifting gears to the offensive side of things, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. looks like he may start to be coming out of his little three-week slump uh, or actually kind of close to an all-month thing. August wasn't very kind to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He still hit a couple bombs early on, and then he really hit a rut. Uh, yeah. Pretty much when the whole team hit that rut on the West Coast trip, to be completely honest. So, Craig, mm -hmm. um, it was just Baltimore, and it was Baltimore pitching. So how much are you buying into Vlad being back? Because after those two home runs the other night, and then again, what was it, Tuesday? Um, everybody's like, yep, he's back uh, and ready to go. <laughs> so are you on the yep, he's back train, or are you gonna, like, let's see what he does against a little bit better pitching first? I'm on the, um, this is the return of Vladdy Vicious, right? <laughs> that's where I'm at. You know, guys, that's my terminology for when he goes off is Vladdy yeah. Vicious. So, but to that point, I, I agree, yes, okay, it was the Baltimore Orioles. But the thing I'm going to take away was those at-bats they did hit the home runs in. That one guy was stupid enough to throw him two curveballs in a row. And yeah. then he goes, you know what? He didn't throw either of those across the plate. I'm just going to sit slow and see what happens. And he destroys it. <laughs> and so 
I guess that was probably a dumb mistake to throw three curveballs in a row, but that was a pitch that that pitcher was confident in. And th- I, I would have never thought he was going to throw a third curveball again in a row. <laughs> so he tattooed it. So to that point, the confidence level for Vlad is back. And when that Vlad is having fun and confident at the plate, major league pitchers should be hiding in their shells. It's just how it is. We saw it all at the beginning of the season. That confidence is back. And I really do not see him. Like I said, maybe it's not this kind of a series consistent, but it's going to be him hitting the ball again. It's not going to be this a dismal slump that we saw him just come out of. It's going to be fun to watch. Remember how last year um, we were talking about him playing third base and how uh, a big thing that I recognized was the poor production at third. You're worried about that bleeding over into the offensive side of things and maybe, you know, making mental errors or actual errors in the field would, you know, sort of make him lose focus at the play. And maybe that's what contributed to performing so poorly at the play. And this year we're seeing him sort of blossom. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it this year. We've seen him make spectacular plays at first. Uh, That little uh, sidearm throw, like that little toss to Matt's. I think it was, was, was it on uh, Friday? No, no. Yeah. Monday? No, it was the other Tuesday? night, right? Monday Sunday? night. Sunday? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it was just incredible. Seeing him do these little things and having a smile on his face while doing it, I think that boosts his confidence. And every good hitter is going to have a slump. Unfortunately, this happened at the absolute worst time for him to have a that slump. But you sort of, the entire yeah. team. Yeah, you sort of expect that with someone like Vlad because this is his first full season. And, you know, if the entire team wasn't slumping at the same time, you could forgive him for it and say, yeah, it's growing pains. Um, But I think when you have these defensive plays and you perform well doing them, you sort of gain confidence, say, hey, I can still play this game. No matter the slump, I'm still contributing to my team. I'm still contributing to to uh, run prevention. I can I can do this. carrying that confidence over to the plate, and we're seeing it in practice, especially against a team like Baltimore. Now, I know Baltimore is the shittiest team in MLB, so whatever, but you take that, right? It's just like Barrios. Uh, you, you take those games, and you build on them and say, hey, they're still a major league team. They're still a major and league ball. they don't want to lose. Yeah, Nobody yeah, likes know, losing. They want to no one likes losing. <laughs> yes, yes. So they're professional athletes, and you're still hitting bombs, three of them, um, off of professional athletes. So you run with that, especially against a crucial series against the A's. So is he back? I sure as fuck hope so. Yeah. Man, I mean, like, even, <laughs> you know, look, I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to front. Even August wasn't that bad. It was just no, it bad was to Vladdy's standards, right? I'm yeah. looking at it right here. <laughs> like the full month of August, his line was 267, 346, 440, 786. You want the OBP and the slugging to be up a little bit, but still that batting average of 267 with six home runs, you're going to take that. Like if yeah. this There's guys that made career, pl- career years out of that 267. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at you, yes. Carlos Pena. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You're going to take that. And, and you know... Sure, 20 strikeouts or whatever, but you're still going to take it. You're still going to take that uh, that kind of production. Am I disappointed? Slightly, but it's forgivable, seeing as though he was on a tear throughout the majority, if not the entire year so far. So, yeah, it's just bad timing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're you're coming back to Toronto, right? You have this crucial series against Oakland. They're not blind to this, right? If we know it, they know it. I have a feeling he's going to come out guns blazing. I think he's riding this confidence that he uh, from the performance that he had against Baltimore. And I think he's going to be just fine. I think September is going to be a very good month for Vladdy. 
I'm leaning in that direction too, to be honest. And the exciting thing about that is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is probably one of the first Blue Jays since Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Bautista, and Josh Donaldson that could single-handedly carry a team for a month and go on crazy stretches. Remember when Edwin hit, um, like, what was it, 17 home runs in the month of May back in 2014? Yeah. That is, I'm pretty sure they went 21 and nine in that month, to be completely honest. So why can't they do it again? I'm not saying Vlad can hit yeah. 17, but uh, luckily he has more of a supporting cast to help him potentially. Like if George Springer heats up a little bit and hopefully his knee doesn't buckle again, Marcus Simeon keeps doing what he's doing. Teoscar gets hot again. That's the thing that's so tantalizing with this team guys and why it's so frustrating to see them do what they've done the last three weeks is it's in them. It is in them to have a 21 and nine month, especially with the way the starting pitching is gone. It's just yeah. entirely on the offense to score enough runs to the point where the bullpen can't cough it up. Like, unfortunately, that's just the situation where it is where they have to score at least five, six, seven runs. And hopefully the starting pitching continues to do what it's doing and only allow two, three, maybe four runs. And you have a decent lead going late into a game. But it is possible. And it starts this weekend. So let's shift our gears to the Oakland. Can I Athletic have one series. last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> so I don't think Blue Jays fans have realized how good Vlad is yet when until you think of really this comp thing. I to me, the only guy in Blue Jay history that's actually a legit comp is Carlos Delgado. Yeah, and it's because he hit for it. average home runs, RBIs, and then Vlad has a chance to be the guy that actually, you know, Delgado hit a ton of doubles, but Vlad has sneaky speed. He could have he could mm-hmm. be one of those guys that was like Albert Bell in his prime and get 40-40 for doubles and uh, home runs in a season. The last Blue, Blue Jay that did that, sadly, is a guy that played for one goddamn season, and that was Jose Canseco. Oh, and wow. he actually tripled it up. It was 40 home runs, 40 doubles, I believe, and 40 stolen, or, or 30 stolen bases or something like that. So, Which is weird because Jose Canseco was like near death at that point when he, he <laughs> joins the Blue yeah. Jays. But... um. There was another point that came up in the Twitter field here when we were talking yeah, about yeah. him uh, switching over from third base and all that kind of stuff and the confidence that he's wreaked the benefits of while he's playing first base. In an interview the other day, he flat out said he never wants to play third base again. Yeah, that's a problem. Are you shocked by this? No. no. <laughs> Just wanted to put it out there because yeah, yeah. he was talking with Hazel May during one of the pregame shows and that was what came up. So it was very interesting to hear from him for somebody that was so adamant right before the season about still getting a chance to play third base. That is now completely washed out. Yeah. No, it's the best thing that's happened to his career and hopefully for the Blue Jays when they win a couple World Series in the next couple of years. (laughs) But yes, um, Oakland is coming to town, gentlemen, for three games. Um, I've said it already and we'll say it again. They are three back, and they have three opportunities to make that gap zero by the end of the weekend. Now, a sweep will be awfully tough because you're looking at Sean Manaya going for Oakland tomorrow night. I mean, 397 ERA, 156 strikeouts. He's still a good, he's a good pitcher. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? He's hittable. He can be hittable. Paul Blackburn on Saturday hasn't pitched a whole lot this season, so his 281 ERA, small sample size. Hopefully that's one that you can win. And then Cole Irvin on Sunday gave the Blue Jays fits in that series back when they were in Oakland. So that's probably the one I'm most worried about for this season is Sunday's game. But you have Robbie Ray going in that one on Sunday. You have Jose Barrios on Saturday. And tomorrow night, you have Alec Manoa uh, on the mound for the Blue Jays. 
kind of a similar uh, rotation order to what it was when they came back to the Rogers Center for the first time against Kansas City. Manoa opened it up, and then they went, oh, sorry, it was Stripling, but then it went Manoa, Barrios, his debut, and then Robbie Ray. And they won two out of three of those games. So, Craig, is two out of three enough in this series to, to like just to keep them afloat for a little while longer as the season goes along? Because if you win, let's just say yeah, you'd be two back of Oakland if you won two or three. You eliminate that gap entirely by winning all three, but have to be a little bit realistic with the way the offense has gone. You're facing some good pitching. Would you be satisfied with two or three? Or, to Adam's point earlier, with the sense of urgency, all hands on deck, and the fact that you can really only lose or have nine losses to play with the rest of the season, do you want the sweep? I mean, obviously, we all want the sweep. I want the sweep. I know. I want to sweep all day, every day. I want to run this right to the end. Forget that nine loss thing. Just freaking take all 30. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So um, they have to win this series. This whole thing that they've been dancing around, this four and a half, five game line out of the wild card. If they really want to be taken serious, they need to take them to school against the Oakland A's. And they really need all three of them. And I think with what they have lining up for the pitching and the offense and everything this week, I think they have a good shot to be able to take this weekend. And it's going to be very interesting. This is the Blue Jays season right here in a nutshell. And if they don't run through this this rest of this homestand here and take that game from the Oakland A's, this is just going to get to the point where we're going to be like waiting on six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of like level things to be able to sneak into the playoffs. And it's going to be like the, you guys seen that movie, little big league, right? They had the, you know, yeah. the one game playoff. <laughs> it's going to yeah. end up like that where they're all going to be sitting in the locker room waiting for somebody else to determine their fate or for Adam and I bills fans kind of like level <laughs> of, uh, you know, inception into the playoffs. But, it, it has been this weekend. They have to take it to school and they have to find a way to get on these Oakland A's hit pitchers. And I don't see the offense for the Oakland A's taking it too rough on our pitching that should line up for this weekend. I know it's quote unquote, like use that TBD, but we kind of have an idea who's going to be pitching and they, ha- they're going to be fine. I think, I think they're going to come out. This is like I said, this is the weekend that they're going to put up or shut up. And I think they know that and they're going to be there taking them to school. Adam. So it's not just what the Blue Jays has to do have to do. It's what the teams that they're competing with have to do. So this is the position we're in. This is why it's all hands on deck. And this is why you definitely need a sweep. Because um, if you look at the Yankees, the Yankees have a three-game series against Baltimore at home this <laughs> yeah. weekend. All right. So at worst, they're going to go two out of three there. Right. Boston has a three-game series at home against Cleveland. They just beat the Rays last night. They're up two-zip right now um, against Tampa. So you can, again, at worst, they're probably going to go two out of three against Cleveland, right? So, and again, uh, Seattle is going to Arizona, yeah, and they're probably going to take two out of three <laughs> there. So like, it's not just what the Blue Jays have to do. They have to sweep, and they have to hope for some unexpected losses by the aforementioned three clubs. Um, if you're not going to sweep the A's and, you know, the Yankees are going to take two out of three, Boston's going to take two out of three, Seattle's going to take two out of three, you're it probably just going to be where you're at. Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. you're going you're gonna to stay where you're at. You're not going to be that far ahead, if at all. Right. And maybe you're, you're ahead of Oakland at that point because Seattle <laughs> will win and, you know, trump them. But you got to do better than that. So yeah. you have to sweep. You have to sweep. And I'm not saying if they don't, it's over. 
but it's closer to being eliminated than being in the wild card. Right. Even if they sweep, it really yeah. depends on what the other teams around them are doing. So right now I'll accept two out of three and hope for the best from the other teams. But realistically you need to sweep. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunately my line of thinking as well. Uh, two or three, you know what? It'll be okay. Let's evaluate, see where things are on Sunday going into Labor Day and make a hopefully rational thought process after that and be like, okay, there's a chance. You just have to win three out of four against the Yankees and then you got to sweep Baltimore. That's just where it starts to get like all sorts of crazy scenarios where, yeah, you do have to work in some sweeps. Up, but I'm just pulling it up here. Let's just... For argument's sake, as I pull up the wild card, to channel, summarize so. your guys' points. You're bringing yeah, Oakland go for down it. to our level. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You got to bring them back. So, Adam, you said Boston's winning uh, two nothing right now over the Rays. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they won so, yesterday. Yeah. So the Blue Jays not playing tonight are idle. They'd be five back of Boston um, with a loss. So yeah, while you could gain ground on Oakland, there's a chance that you could close the gap to zero, but not gain any ground potentially on Boston and you're still right. five back. So you got to hope that Cleveland at least wins two there. And then I forget who Boston plays after the Indians, but yeah, you get I the got point. You right now. They're playing yeah. Tampa. So that that's advantageous, okay. but it's at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the Rays can to, sweep, uh, sweep two there to, too, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> to the point of E-Rock on our uh, Twitter. Uh, if you can't beat Oakland, you're not going to beat anybody the rest of the season. No, exactly. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Same. same. How do you especially expect with to go the, on? Yeah, especially with the New York series right after. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So yeah, Get the momentum no, against them and keep working up. Yeah, we are all in agreement, gentlemen. Um, yeah, two or three. You know what? Evaluate, see where you're at on Sunday and going into Monday when you go into Yankee Stadium. But if you have a sweep, that hopefully gives them confidence to roll into Yankee Stadium and be like, you know what? We could take three out of four here, and then you play Baltimore. The thing that sucks about the way the schedule goes, and that's what we'll go into for uh, rolling into our next topic, is you play the Athletics, then you play the Yankees. Those are too tough. Then you play the Orioles. Then you play the Rays. Then you play, what, the Twins. Then you play the Rays again. Then you play the Twins. Then you play the Yankees. Then you play the Orioles. So it's tough series, easy series, tough series, easy series. And I think that's what's going to make things maddening the rest of the year is you might get some hope and optimism after next weekend when you beat Baltimore two to three times or hopefully sweep them. But then knowing, Oh shit, now we got to play the race. And then right after that, okay, we have our chance for optimism again. And to make some ground, we play Minnesota for four games. Oh shit. Right after that, we play the Yankees again. So yeah, those last few games of the season, just with the way the schedule breaks out out of like, just like thinking about that, a, it's maddening. It's just going to be like, yep, that just feels like that's how the season is going to fizzle out. It's just like, yeah, there's going to be some hope. We're all going to get excited, and then we're going to get let down. Uh, hopefully not. But uh, just with the, with the way the schedule breaks down, knowing that, um, can they at least keep this interesting until the last week of the season? Because I think people would sign up for that, given how August has gone. Like, let's just say you enter the last week of the season. You go into three games with the Yankees and three with the Orioles, maybe three back or two back is that enough like do you think that they can do that and at least keep it interesting until then or will they fizzle out uh, it's tough uh, <laughs> come I on know. typical blue jay fashion i gotta keep stringing it on yeah, yeah i mean i like it i like that because then you're still clinging on to hope and the dangling carrots in front of you um 
just even after that Baltimore series, you have Tampa Bay right after that. I know. That is at, at the drop too, right? <clears throat> Twice, too. Like, yes, you have a Minnesota in between, but you got no. Sorry, the first Tampa Bay series is at home. Then you go to the drop. Okay, right. Um. Yeah, I think it would be enough to pique my interest. Obviously, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna watch this team to the end, no matter what. But it's gonna keep me hoping that okay, there's still hope. I just wish it was more robust than that. <laughs> I know. Come on. We weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs last year. So to that point that we're this close right now, yeah. the door's the door is not wide open, but you know, it's still not, you know, it's, it's being held by a doorstop. That might be like a, you know, a random dog toy or something now, not a real doorstop, <laughs> but yeah. uh, there's, I don't see them being that team. And sadly, I think right now the other teams are maybe the ones that are going to keep us in that, like, Oh, you know what? We still have a chance <laughs> to use yeah. Oakland. Hasn't really gotten everything figured out. Somehow the Seattle Mariners are still in this conversation. And I'm sorry to say the Boston Red Sox have still been looking back okay. and forth very much too. the only team that's really run away with it a little bit. And I can't even say they've run away with it is the Yankees. And that's because they just went on a ridiculous tear to even get to where they are. There's nothing saying that any of those teams that I just mentioned can't do that same thing. We're just praying to whatever the hell God you really, you know, go after that. It's the Toronto blue Jays that are going to be the ones that are going to get that tear and run with it. So there's hope. There's always yeah. going to be hope. <laughs> it's funny because if I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, if 2015 and 2016 didn't happen, I think we'd all be pretty stoked right now of how close they oh, are yeah. to play. <laughs> like I remember back in 2014, to me, it just feels like the early uh, 2000s again. That's all it feels yeah, like to me. Exactly. Okay, we're this close. Come on, yeah. just <laughs> go to the next step. Right? <laughs> I think in 2006, when they won 87 or 88 games and finished second, going into the last bit of the season, they were only like four or something back of a playoff spot. And like, oh, this is exciting. They have a chance, and they got to do that. And then even, yeah, that's how exactly how it feels this year. Same with 2014. You know, because they got our hopes up in a big way. In 2014, they slowly slid out of the playoff spot, and then you entered September. I think they were three back or four back. We're like, oh, there's still a shot. So, yeah, if 2015, 2016 wasn't around, we all would be stoked right now at the chance that they're still floating around the conversation and excited that they could do it. I just, I think I'm leaning more with you, Adam. It just feels like it's going to be tough to even keep it interesting or being around the conversation to the point where you can have a hot streak at the end of the season and sneak in like some teams have in the past. Who knows? We've seen crazier stuff before. Baseball is a crazy game. There are teams who get hot in the month of September. There are teams that get extremely cold in the month of September and end up falling out of the playoff race. That's kind of what I'm banking on from the Boston Red Sox a little bit, to be honest, just with the way they've cut, they're kind of teetering along. Maybe yeah, they are the ones playing that get 500 baseball, they man. It's just, it's, it's rough to watch them right now because you don't, I, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm freaking out. I really so am. am. I. Huge. <laughs> you know what? If I was a Red Sox fan, I'd feel like how we felt in 2016 when the Blue Jays were kind of mm. very cold in September and it was looking dicey to hold on to that wall card spot. So hopefully Red Sox actually do crash and burn and the Blue you Jays take the and win. Yeah. <laughs> so you want the summation of my fandom and my Blue Jay uh, years? Um, sure. I can still only count how many times on probably this many digits on my hands, how many times we played meaningful September baseball in my oh, yeah. entire existence of watching yeah, Toronto no, Blue Jays baseball being only 36. You got to remember, I didn't start watching Blue Jay baseball with my dad. And when there was the random game of the week on Saturday mornings in the late eighties. So, <laughs> you know, there's only so many good te teams in there that, like I said, I can probably count on my 
collective number of regular finger digits, how many times they played meaningful September baseball. And it, 2015, 2016, obviously the years we've in the early 90s and late 80s there. But the, it, it, to me, this is going to be exciting one way or the other, just because of that fact. I've only gotten to enjoy this so many times. And I know young Blue Jays fans don't understand maybe that part to this piece. But it, this is something very good to look forward to, regardless, because they are in this conversation. It is still just the beginning of the window for this team. It's going to be very fun to watch. Enjoy, please, regardless yeah, of yes. where the team currently stands. Exactly. And I think you just hit the nail on the head, Craig. This is the beginning of the window. This is not like 2015, 2016, when it was the window was closing really quickly with a bunch of aging veterans. This team is just getting started, to be completely honest. And you know what? Even if they win 85 games, they win 86 games. That's that's a season that they can be proud of over a full 162 the for the first time since 2019 they were a good team they were a competitive team and hopefully it ends up in a playoff spot you have five more years of george springer after this you have yeah. endless amount of years of lad and Bo. you still have tiaskar the core is set there's more pieces coming from the minor leagues so it is only the beginning and i think we could go into 2022 super excited about the direction this team is heading and next year is the year where you could legitimately be like it's playoffs or bust i think this year it was playoffs could happen it is a very realistic possibility but nobody at the end of the day is going to be upset if they win 85 86 games and end up not making it we'll look back and be like if only we didn't uh blow some games we'd be in but yeah hey go ahead do you think that uh the standards would have been lower and people would because I, I agree with you when it comes to if they don't make the playoffs, it's not I mean, I'm going to be upset, right. but I'm not going to I'm not going to consider this necessarily a failure. Right. Um, but do you think a large portion of the fan base when they do, because I think they will feels that way sort of because of 2020, because they've already experienced the playoffs and now the standard has been set that, OK, you've made it. And, you know, sort of forgetting the fact that it was just a 60 game season and forgetting the fact that 2020 had all these barriers that made it uh, easier and or difficult, depending on how you want to look at it, to cross to get to the playoffs. The Blue Jays were fortunate enough to get there. Do you think that because they made the playoffs, people are saying, well, you've set the standard. You got to get there or else it's a failed season. I hope not. I hope that I think either, that's but where it's I on. can see your point. Yeah, yeah, I can too. Absolutely, I can. And George, citing George Springer and Marcus Simeon just pushed that over the top. Honestly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Definitely. So, but yeah, to I that point, we had everything in the right, and there enough things that went wrong that, like I said, I, I agree that with you. This is definitely not good because you had everything ready to run to the playoffs with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the chips didn't fall right. You know, we played a bad game of freaking checkers. I don't know what. <laughs> so, um, I think I had to that point I mentioned a minute ago was summarizing up the by fandom. I, of course, our fans on Twitter apparently are picking up on our mannerisms and all that kind of good fun stuff because uh, they said, just remember, this is not a year where you're calling up the Mike McCoy's in September to uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> be filling out this ball club. You're bringing yeah, up guys true. like Nate Pearson to throw 100 out of the bullpen and hope to catch fire. Yeah. <laughs> so someone you know. call Russ Adams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the uh, the next follow up to that was that we're we're DFAing people better than that right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's, that's, yeah, that's fair, true. fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it'll be interesting, and I hope I hope to God on Sunday after the game is done that we're like, okay, yeah, we're feeling kind of confident and get a little bit of mojo back because the last kind of weeks, at least the last couple of weeks for me, at least, 
has been very much teetering on the edge. I think, Adam, you saw my tweet yesterday. I'm very much getting into NFL mode. With NFL being a week tonight, I know the Bills are going to be a good team for you guys. <laughs> the 49ers hopefully will be healthy. There's a lot of reasons for us to be excited about our football team and the start of that season, which we all love. Probably very close to the same amount as the Blue Jays. But it's very close to being like, okay, I'm like fully in football mode and baseball. I'll tune in when I can. Uh, if there's football on, I'm watching football. But hopefully on Sunday, I'll be like, okay, pause the brakes on truly going into 100% football mode. There's still some exciting baseball left to be played. We'll see. It starts Hope this week. Three weeks. You better get yeah. it. Game. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with that, guys, Craig, was there any other uh, comments or questions on the Twitter uh, on the Twitterverse? Bobby K says we're the cutest Blue Jay podcast. Just oh, saying. I told him yes. he should hurry up and get on the show. We can make this the hottest Blue Jays podcast. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Adam, uh, any other thoughts? Craig, any other thoughts, questions? Or do you guys want to go into picks to click? No, I'm good. I'm good. Just, just do it. Knock on desk. Let's do it. You know, yeah, let's, let's get. Let's there. do it. So you forgot to, to get find me. Uh, I text. <laughs> I texted it to Adam last week. If it's not Did recorded, you? that's oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. If it's not recorded, Oops. that's fine. I kind of bailed on you guys from hopping on the show, so that is fine. All that's good, my penalty. <laughs> all good. All good. Oh, he's a forfeit loss for last week. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, that's Adam is what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's all right. I was so, a little selfish last week after the argument so, game got canceled. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Mr. Panikar has fill in blank. <laughs> Player to be named later. Yeah. And then I have Lewis Guriel Jr. So who did I have? You had Manoa, who pitched pretty damn well. Ooh. So Guriel had a couple key hits. I'll give you about a 50-50. I guess seeing Brendan didn't have a pick. He has no pony in this race. We'll let him pick between Lourdes or Alec. Ooh. Ooh, let me. Do you literally a... want to flip a coin? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it is the flip of a coin. To be honest, <laughs> who has the coin? I don't have a coin. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't. I don't have one. Shit. I don't I know why it. I suggested that. <laughs> <laughs> who has currency <laughs> anymore? Uh, um, I think I see how fast I can pull a jar full of pennies and shit down the base downstairs. <laughs> oh My God, I don't. Yeah. Why don't? Uh, why don't we let Twitter decide? Let's put yeah, up that's fair. Pull that's the best week. Yeah, I'll put that. Good deal. So anyway, to that point, who are you thinking? The uh, are we going to let Brendan run with his picks and he didn't get one last? Yeah, week? Oh, yeah. I, go, I go last. I go last. I go last. <laughs> no, right, no, no, let's just go. Let's go CBA style. Go ahead, Craig. Go yeah, first. There you go. So I got to go. Yeah. Uh, I think Tay Oscar is going to back Vladdy up. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tay Oscar. Nice. Marcus Simeon. Simeon. Right. <laughs> okay. Manoa's going tomorrow. We're recording again Wednesday. So we'll squeeze in another start. So yes. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. On Wednesday. He'll on be Wednesday, picked. he'll start. So if you That's choose two. him, Wednesday could count. Yeah. Well, what time are they playing Wednesday? Seven. Seven. No, I can't do that. Um,. <laughs> I'll just go Robbie Ray. There it is. <laughs> sorry, Chris. Yeah, yeah, sorry. When one of us is out, you're out. You're hosting for your good news. <laughs> He's going to have to what come out. <laughs> Take his home picks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, and in that same order, Craig, uh, we have three versus Oakland and four versus the Yankees. We'll predict those two series. What are your, What is your record call for three against Oakland and four at Yankee Stadium? 
Now, see, what I want to happen and what's going to happen are two different things. You want 7-0, oh, but... <laughs> the biggest problem is I'm, I'm happy that we get to face Oakland at home. Yeah. But <laughs> then we get to go to the Evil Empire's house and hope and pray to God that we come out 50-50. Yeah. So I'm going to say 2-1 and one and then split, hopefully, the uh, four against the Yankees. I think that you have to do that. And then I think then the Blue Jays get the Yankees at home in Toronto because it's going to be an actual legit home game for the Blue Jays against the Yankees because there's only so much border travel going on. It's not like there's going to be a fuck ton of Yankee fans (laughs) in the Rodgers. It's going to be interesting playoff. I think that series, they end up taking it to school against the the Yankees. But right now I'm hoping for two and one in a split. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I, I just... I want to believe they can sweep Oakland. I just can't see it with the pitchers Oakland's throwing out. I can see it like with the pitchers the Blue Jays are throwing out, but I'm I am worried about Cole Irvin on Sunday. He just made the Blue Jays look silly. Such a whack. I know, I know. So yeah, two and one there, and I'm with you away at Yankee Stadium for four games. Where remember they got battered last year in September uh, at Yankee Stadium. Remember they got swept, and we're like, oh crap, they might not make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Two and two, so I'm four Yankee and three. Yankee back to being the Dang. house of horrors. Yep. Yeah. Oh, totally. all back I'm with full you. swing and throwing things. They need to win. Yeah, they need to win. They need to win two at least against Oakland. Um, I, That doesn't boost. I, we've covered this. It doesn't boost my confidence much. No. But realistically, two wins against Oakland, two wins against New York, and it – Knowing how the Blue Jays are performing, it's going to be this weird sort of like they'll lose the first, win the second, and our hopes will get up, and <laughs> they'll lose the third, and we'll be like, oh, fuck, and they'll find a way to win the fourth, um, just back and forth. And that Monday is is uh, Labor Day here, so it's a day game. So it's uh, two day games in a row. <clears throat> two day games in a row. So, yes, they're going to be traveling right after the Oakland game on Sunday, but they're going to be playing and being at uh, Yankee Stadium pretty early. Monday morning, so um, surprised me with that one, but yep, they got it. I just I don't have confidence that they're gonna sweep the A's. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't see it. And with the Yankees' offense and the Blue Jays' bullpen, we're gonna be lucky to get two. Garrett Cole's going on Tuesday. That is confirmed on MLB.com. Yeah. Jamison Tyone on Monday. So maybe they'll be able to hit Tyone a little bit, and the Canadian will do some favors for them. But we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> I think we're I think we're all in agreement. You know what? You tread water, see where you're at going into Baltimore. But again, that just that's a week you just lose right there of time to be able to gain ground. So yeah, sweep has to happen, but we said that already. Um, yep. Any final closing statements, gentlemen? We do have a little bit of a special potentially message coming. Um, we'll close with that, but any other final comments before uh, we, we turn it over to Mr. Corsair? I'll tee I'm you good. up. I'll t- I'll but, tee- uh, but if no one else has anything to say, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll He's getting Josh Jacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Yes. I'll tell um, you about it. Uh, <laughs> tonight could potentially be the last show that the three of us record for a couple months, um, well into the off season. And Adam, I'll leave it there. I'll let you run with it. You can close out the show too. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, first of all, uh, if this is my last show for this season, you know, it's been great. And, you know, if they do make the playoffs, <clears throat> I will make efforts <laughs> to be part of it um, as often as I can. However, my wife and I are expecting our second child, uh, another girl coming into our lives. Um, my wife is approaching 38 weeks on Saturday. 
the baby was breached, uh, but they were able to successfully turn her. If you have never experienced an ECV or an ECB, I don't know which one it is, whatever, they turn the baby from the outside. It is fucking crazy. And uh, I, any woman that has gone through that, you are a superhero. Um, so uh, anyways, long story short, I think she's going to be coming very, very soon. It would not surprise me if she comes this weekend. She is dropping. Um, so uh, that being said, my time is going to be pretty limited, if not entirely, uh, with my three-year-old and the new baby-to-be and helping my wife out, of course, during the recovery process mm-hmm. of giving birth. So um, this could be my last show. Uh, if the baby decides, you know, I'm going to hang out in here for a little bit longer, <laughs> I'll be here next week. I, we'll I, see you Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, if there's an impromptu uh, time that you guys put on or listen to JBW and I'm not there, uh, I didn't get fired. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't get fired and I'm, and I'm not on probation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm taking time off. But uh, again, if the Blue Jays do something miraculous and I can find some time to sneak on, and talk i i will but uh my my time is going to be fairly limited but that being said uh this year if it is my last show has been an absolute pleasure guys and uh i will be back of course next season oh, you know, yeah. barring it you but, won't uh, even make it that far it's just a regular yeah. season you're gonna miss it you'll be at, you're yeah. back for our terrible shenanigans and our trial of uh charlie montoya well oh, yeah. we will we will save <laughs> that episode or if you want to hop on for the christmas wish list episode so that we can make things come true uh yes. <laughs> for there next season. but yeah <laughs> Uh, well said, Adam. And uh, I don't know how I can top that. So other than that, let's just do our two claps and a Ric Flair. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Let's, let's go, go Blue Jays. Jays. Get your vaccine. Yes. Yeah, get your vaccine. <laughs> Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.